0: This, this, this is straight, straight,
1: straight out of Crumpton with your host Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm your host Tyler Kern, joined as always by Mr. Greg Crumpton himself, checking in from, I believe, his home in South Carolina today.
0: Indeed, sir. Indeed, beautiful South Carolina. We're uh, looks like we're heading into the the most wonderful time of the year for me, which is the fall and uh 76 degrees and sunny so just a uh outstanding day um good weekend and and for those who you don't know this is recorded so um (laughs) we're just coming off the labor day holiday that's right and had some friends and family over and smoked a big pork shoulder on the on the smoker and just had a really cool relaxing weekend and looking forward to uh I always feel like Tyler, this is like the part of the year where you're like, all right, kind of refocus a little bit. Summer's kind of a little bit on the, on the, in the rear view mirror. You kind of grab third gear and and uh, run strong to the end of the year, or at least up to Thanksgiving anyway. So that's but right. All that said, we, we've got a really cool guy uh, joining us today. Um, won't get too much about it away, but, um, uh, Looking forward to it. So I'll let you do those honors.
1: <laughs> well, we are thrilled to welcome on the show today, Nick Tuntas. He is a sheet middle worker and skilled trade advocate joining us here on Straight Out of Crumpton today. Nick, welcome.
2: Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on today.
1: We go across the border once again, Greg. And so, uh, yeah, welcoming another Canadian here on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you and Nick got uh, acquainted and, and why he's joining us here today.
0: Well, You know, and and a lot of our folks know that uh, I'm a huge skilled trades guy. I mean, that's how I grew up. And I I think I spend good quality time recruiting and and educating about the trades. So one of the uh, one of the folks that I started following online was Nick and um, just, you know, he and I are not too far apart age wise. So I just felt like he was out there doing the right thing for the right reason, which is to, you know, perpetuate. What what he and I have done to make a living, and I uh, just thought it'd be cool to have him on to talk a little bit about it. Um, he is a Canadian, uh, as many of our fine people that have graced our show are, and uh, listen to our show. So, uh, but he is wearing a Boston hat, so that kind of kind of threw me off
1: a I little know, bit. I'm confused. So but no, I guess yeah, I guess all they have baseball wise is the is the Blue Jays up there. So, if you're not a Blue Jay fan, you got to go well, somewhere else for your your baseball. I thought
0: they had the Mariners. No, that's Seattle. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Different country. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We used to have that. So Nick, I am obviously not a sports guy, but I do know, uh, I do know that the Boston Red Sox hat that you have on is typically not green, but the Celtics are. So you've got a combo package going. So Nick, I'm curious about, um, a couple of things. We talked about where you are and the Boston hat and all that good stuff. But tell tell us a little bit about how you wound up as a sheet metal worker, and why the trades are important to you. And I'm uh, curious about that. And and then maybe weave in some of the people that have been influential to you uh, as you've gone through your career and. And um, I think we're going to get to the heart of the answer when you start talking about the why you do what you do. But I'd really love to hear about it. So tell us a little bit about Nick.
2: Well, uh, I grew up in a small town, uh, about halfway between Toronto and Detroit. Uh, It was called Ridgetown. It was a town of 3,000 people. And there wasn't a lot of options growing up in in the small town. My father owned a restaurant, but that didn't appeal to me. And he uh, approached me with the idea of, jumping into a skilled trade said you'd never be out of work you'll make great money good honest money and uh you'll always have a future in that so getting out of high school I I went to took a couple programs uh, at community college really wasn't for me and I, I made that transition into a into a skilled trade I ended up starting my sheet metal apprenticeship uh based out of London Ontario at a company that had four other friends of mine that we originally from Ridgetown as well. So that's how I got into the trade.
0: You had your own little brat pack of sheet metal workers.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Love it. And uh, I've been doing it close to about 20 years now. I've almost transitioned out a few times. Uh, I was offered a a plumbing apprenticeship. I was offered a sprinkler fitting apprenticeship. And at one point I tried to pursue health and safety as a full-time role. Yeah. And I wanted to, uh, only be, because I, I felt that health and safety is such an important, it's an integral part of working skilled trades. And I I, sp- I spent a lot of time uh, trying to speak to the benefits of the trade, advocate for the trade, advocate for, for, for the health and safety. And I just want to protect these young workers getting into the trade. Uh, somewhere along the line, though, I decided that health and safety and enforcement really wasn't something that I wanted pr- to pursue. Right. And uh, we have a government in place right now that's really, really uh, pushing to get a lot of skilled trades workers out there and trying to speak to the benefits of trades. And I thought with my platforms, I could, I could really speak to those benefits, speak mm. to the opportunities, speak to a lot of the stigmas that are out there that are they're kind, of, kind of outdated and have fun doing it. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed the journey and I've had a blast so far and I've met so many amazing people along the way. Um, I got linked up with our minister of labor here in Ontario uh, back in January. And we actually shot a promotional video speaking to skilled trades. Oh, cool! Because my, because my son uh, got into the trades as well as a sheet metal worker about two years ago. Yep. And after I shot that video with the minister of labor, opportunities just came from from all over the place. And one of the one of the best opportunities was uh, kick ass careers. You may have had. A few of our a few of our members on the podcast before speaking yeah. to the, the trades, um, but that that's been one of the real influential uh, partnerships that I've made uh, working with Kickass Careers and, and spreading the the word about skill trades.
0: That's awesome, and in fact, uh, Nick, we've had the the high priestess of Kickass Careers herself on here. So uh, Jamie has has been kind enough over the years to support us and introduce us to some good people and. It's uh, you know Tyler said it earlier, you know that um Canada you you guys do and and not to disparage what we do down here in the in the lower forty eight but um you know there there seems to be more tenacity to me as to what the Canadian government is doing in putting their efforts behind the the workers, and you know is that because of mining is also big in Canada. Um, hmm. you know, I, I think about all the different reasons it could be. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't care why they're doing it. I'm just glad they are doing it. And um yeah, I remember you the video you did that we we should grab that and, and uh somehow link that to to what we're doing too, Tyler. That'd be cool um yeah. to see. But you know, Nick, I, I think that what your father uh, did for you obviously was a great gift that you you may or may not have realized at that at you know that point because we're not always the brightest when when people are trying to help us but if you look back now you know what you've done and the platform as you said the platforms plural that you've gained uh, to be able to talk to folks and you know just be an advocate that doesn't mean preaching it doesn't mean this is the thing that's right for you you know advocate means I'm I'm out spreading the gospel in the good way and um so how do you do that other than online are you active like I know a lot of people uh, that are part of the kick-ass community do uh like live events where you go to, the the is it the JSOP or some some group that you guys have there in Toronto, youth apprenticeship program? Uh, do you do some of that live uh, event stuff as well?
2: Well, I've I've participated in a couple uh, Ontario youth apprenticeship program speaking moments. Yeah, but other than that, m- most of my my advocacy has been online through through Twitter or through through Instagram or my Facebook. I started a skilled trades group on Facebook. Uh, but I kind of never really put all the effort into that. I started and kind of walked away. I, I'm notorious for about completing about 95% of something and walking away from it, which is, a am a procrastinator in that sense. But lately, I, I've started making a lot of uh, cooking videos.
0: I've seen those.
2: Yeah, some cooking videos and trying to speak about skill trades a little bit while making these cooking videos. I, I'm trying to make them entertaining yeah. while educating at the same time. And uh, I'm hoping this fall with, with the school year being back yeah, in, like I can do a lot more of these speaking opportunities. Mm. But, but yeah, as of right now, I haven't done a ton of uh, in-person speaking yet.
0: Where did the idea for the cooking show come from? Because I, I really think that that's a unique way to do it. Um, and to your point, it, it's different. It's entertaining. You know, people are probably sitting there critiquing the amount of salt that you're adding <laughs> to the meal versus, you know. <laughs> What the uh, some people, not all, obviously, but you know, how how did that come about? What 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 led you to? Hey, I think I'll do a cooking show and talk about skilled trades.
2: Well, uh back at the beginning of the pandemic, our premier of Ontario released a, a cooking video uh, where he made his world famous cheesecake, and it was just supposed to be a fun, lighthearted video while we were on lockdown, just to keep everyone's spirits up. Yeah. And for about six months now, I've been almost every other day, every third day, trying to get our premier's attention to bring back this little segment, which was called Cooking with Doug. And at first I was shooting, uh, I was taking photos on, on Twitter, posting me smoking something, whether it was a, was a, it was a pork loin or ribs or, or smoked salmon. And then eventually I thought, why not start making some videos? So I made a, basically a parody video of the initial video that he had made. And then I thought to myself, if I can figure out how to make videos, which I've never done before, but if I can figure out how to make videos, why can't I speak about skilled trades, uh, at the same time, and then maybe provide some links for some of these programs out there, because there's a lot of people here in Ontario that struggle to get into the trades. We know trades are, are worthwhile and they're beneficial and, and they're lucrative. But a lot of young people are still saying, but how do I get into a trade? Mm -hmm. Or we or we have people that are older that want to pursue a second career and they're like, I don't know where to start. So I've been using this platform of my cooking videos to talk about agencies that are out there, organizations that are out there, things of that nature.
0: I like that, Tyler. Maybe we should like brew up that. Um, like we could do home brewing with Tyler and Crumpton. Something crazy. I don't know.
2: That sounds pretty great, actually.
0: Well we'll have to put that in the in the think tank and have, have my people contact Tyler's people. There you go. Tyler, you're on mute too, buddy. Just FYI. Oh yeah. Rookie mistake. Rookie uh-huh.
1: mistake. No, but let's let's make that happen. I'd be down with that.
0: That'd be fun to do. I've never done that in my life, so mm-hmm. it'd be fun. The, but
1: the Crumpton Lager.
0: I like it. I like yeah. it. From a guy who doesn't drink beer anymore. So crazy. <laughs> crazy. Well Nick, I, I'm. Uh, I think that you know it's cool, and I was going to tell Tyler like these are the crazy ideas that people like us have sitting behind that windshield that he's mm-hmm. behind driving home thinking, like you're. You know, a lot of us as as workers spend a lot of time by ourselves. So you're up there just thinking about you in your head, like most people do, uh, what to do. But here, here you got a guy with a platform who's putting it, into, uh, putting it into motion. So I think that's cool. Did you get in touch with Doug, uh, Nick? That's the word.
2: I have not gotten in touch with Doug yet, but I'm pretty persistent and I'm going to continue.
0: <laughs> I think we with- should do like an all-out attack on the guy's accounts and let's go get his attention. <laughs> I'd probably be can- banned from Canada. but um. <laughs> So one thing I want to jump back to, you mentioned safety uh, a while ago. And part of my... Part of my job daily is to, I've got 43 people that um, are, are safety contacts at the companies that we own as service Logic. So I spend a lot of time talking to these folks, uh, making sure they have what they need. I'm not a safety professional, but I, I, I call myself a professional safety cheerleader because I do know the importance of it. It's important to our company. Uh, and more so the 5,000 people that work with us. We want to make sure they get home in one piece. Um, So about a month ago, we bought our first company in Canada. And I was having a conversation with their team last week. And the differences in reporting regulations between the U.S. and Canada are are really, really different. So much more emphasis um, on... I would call it daily activity versus just record keeping. Which is, we we do a lot of record keeping here. Um, it, it's just a different mindset. So I'm curious when you were kind of pursuing that safety vein, um, what what did you feel like? What what were the what was driving that effort? Was it truly taking care of workers, or was it revenue? Or how did you feel the government was administering that program, or why? They were stringent.
2: I think we've we, we've had moments in our history where we've lacked proper health and safety, and it's it's definitely shaped uh, the way that we do business today. And there is a there is a humongous uh, emphasis on health and safety in this in this country, especially in Ontario, because between um, Ontario and Alberta, this is where we do the most uh, infrastructure uh, construction, things of that nature. So we've we've made it a point to make trades as safe as possible because that's one of the stigmas that are attached to trades that trades are unsafe. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a constant, um, work in progress and and there's constant updates and, and things of that nature. Uh, personally myself, I looked at myself five, six, seven years ago as somebody that I wasn't going to be in the trade another 20 years down the road. I wasn't going to retire on the tools, but I knew I'd have a son that was going to be entering trades most likely at some point in time, or or one of my family friends or, or somebody that was close to me. And I wanted to make sure they knew getting into a trade, their rights, their responsibilities, um, how to be safe, how to make sure they got home at the end of the day, because I, I genuinely do care about making sure people get home safely.
0: Yeah, and I think that message comes through in talking with you, I, can, I, I mean, that, that's genuine felt on my part. To me, and this is just where you and I have a different view on this, but to me, I've never heard down here uh, in the States that safety is a uh, part of the hurdle of getting folks involved. So that's something for me to really think about is, you know, do we have that stigma? Our big stigma to me down here that sticks out is that trades are for the, 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 you know, C minus pupil is the, the guys who weren't smart enough, is the girls who didn't fit into the sorority life. But, you know, we're working hard to change that image because, I mean, we had a very gifted, we've had a lot of smart people on the show for sure. But we had a girl, a uh, Canadian young lady, Dee Durant, a few weeks back, and she was like this, you know, taking college credits and what have you in high school but college just wasn't for her. So, and, and, in fact, I made some notes yesterday about that topic because I think I want to write about it is, are we missing a segment of the population? Because we're not appealing to the high achievers, not just necessarily the achievers. So I, I, I'm i not sure what that means yet, but I think we're missing uh, the, the traits, plural, are missing our ability to go and talk with really gifted people that are not, I mean, there's a lot of smart people who just don't want to go to college, although they're really high on the, on the, you know, brain matter scale. I don't know what Mm -hmm. you would call that scale, but that really got me thinking about that. So what you've said now gives me a lot to think about. Are we missing a section of the North America, of the, United States group, and, and maybe this is just me living on a little bubble, but is it a safety thing as well here? So definitely something to check out and, and think through. Um it you know, you never know what questions to ask until you get a question asked that you don't know the answer to. Um right. and that just that luckily just happened here. So thank you for that insight.
2: Um, no problem.
0: So you, how's your boy doing is he is he progressing nicely through the trades
2: he's doing really well Good. and uh he's got he's got bigger dreams than his dad had, that, that's for sure he has uh he he got into trades uh when he was 18 and a half so he should be licensed here uh around 23 years old
0: that would be with the red seal correct
2: correct yep ah, and then uh, he's got his site set up getting uh, his uh his refrigeration apprenticeship after that
0: so is he a tin knocker right now? He is, yep. Love it. And that is the proper terminology for a sheet metal worker for you people who don't know. Tin knocker. Yeah,
2: yeah for it. sure.
0: So funny story about tin knocking, uh, Nick. When when I grew up, my dad worked for a big mechanical. And uh, I spent many a summer loading sheet metal into trailers to carry to job sites. And I still have a nice scar right here from... Um yeah, that's another story. That yeah, goes right. back to the safety aspect when the guy it said, does. Be sure and wear your gloves, moron, because you know, I'm 15 and a half years old or whatever. Um, man, a lot of that's a, a lot of thoughts are flowing right now, uh, from from what you're doing for sure. Tell tell us a little bit uh more about you know, you, you said you just said you, you wouldn't be and I love the term you guys use on the tools. I think that's a cool term you all use up there. You're not going to be on the tools in 20 years. So what does your path look like to get to 20 years? What are you trying to accomplish? Do you, you want to just keep working on the tools and, and, you know, working at the job site level to help be an advocate? Or what, what are some of your thoughts of how you're progressing?
2: Ideally, I would love to be out of the trade within the next year. Really? Uh, yeah, I've uh, out of the trade or out of the truck. Out of the trades, off the okay. tools, completely off the tools. Uh, I've had a few offers uh, along the way since since this advocacy started. Yeah. From different skills groups that promote trades uh, for a full time uh, living. We have a, an organization here on t- in Ontario that's huge called Skills Ontario. Yeah. What what they do is is a lot of what I've been doing is is speaking to the benefits of trades, uh, trying to connect with young people and and to discuss those stigmas that do haunt us. You know, we talked about the the uh, trades are unsafe stigma, but we also have a lot more that plague us here, which probably uh, you feel over there across the border where it's uh, a trade isn't really a career, it's just a job or trades aren't meant for women or trades are meant for the people that, that have the low marks or they're they're, they're criminals or, or, or things of that nature they're for the uneducated so it's uh that's, it's a lot of education and awareness is, is what on skills ontario does and it, it that's the kind of stuff that appeals to me but i've also been toying with the idea of going back to uh, going to university and getting my technological uh my bachelor's in technological education so i could become a a teacher teaching oh, trades cool. Yeah, so. I'm at a point now where I've accomplished everything I have wanted to accomplish in trades. I've worked on some amazing projects across this province. Uh, but now I, I want to start speaking to a, to a bigger audience and, and really connecting with youth because a lot of my experience, even outside of working in trades is youth based volunteerism. Mm. And I really do. I do enjoy it. I do enjoy being able to, to show young people what's out there because I never had that growing up where I had those opportunities to connect with other trades people to help, define my path. Uh, I kind of went blindly into sheet metal and I've loved the trade, but it would have been nice to have some more education, be able to speak to people that had more experience in this kind of stuff. So I would just like to pass along my knowledge and my passion for the trades.
0: Man, that's awesome. There's one thing that you you said about the the criminal element and see down here, we keep all of our criminals in one place and we keep those people in Washington, D.C., um, that way, they're not infiltrating the rest of the country. So they're all in government. But <laughs> that's why I at humor today. No, that was so, a good one. Sadly, sadly sad attempt. I'm, I'm uh, honored to hear that, uh, Nick, your, what you just said about what you'd like to do. Because, you know, here, you're taking your lunch hour. I'm taking my lunch hour. Tyler actually is getting paid for this. Probably a lot, probably a lot of money. But, you know, we're doing it because it's important to us to share the message. And for you to be able to take on a role where that was your main gig, that would be super exciting for, for you for sure, uh, because of your passion. But more so, uh, you know, just one more strong arrow in the quiver out there talking about trade. So I hope that I hope that works for you, man. We'll be definitely pulling for you.
2: Well, thanks. I appreciate that.
0: Back to your son. That's really interesting. That um, you, to, to me, uh, that he is talking about going back and on the other side, on the refrigeration side, and working that side of the house after he gets his red seal. And red seal for you folks who don't know in Canada is like a journeyman status in the states. It means that you have achieved your hours and your training. And uh, somebody signed off that you know what the heck you're doing in whatever field that you're endeavoring uh, into. So um, I, I think- If I
2: could add to that, Greg, sorry.
0: Please, um, man, jump in the, there.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of skilled trades here in Ontario that aren't Red Seal uh, designations. So you can get licensed in, in a trade. Uh, I think a chef, for example, is a, is a trade, but it's not a Red Seal trade, but a cook is. Hmm. Uh, so when you have a Red Seal designation, you can travel across the entire country. And all your all your um, training and, and, and accomplishment there is still recognized in every single province that you go into. So your credentials travel. Absolutely. Whereas if you don't have the red seal, your credentials they still travel with you, but you have to write an equivalency equivalency test. Got it. Or, or something of that nature. See,
0: we we're screwed up a little bit uh, down here because, like, I've got a license in three states. But none of the states reciprocate with each other, so they all have independent license. although the testing is is uh, similar, it's all different. you know, like the test for North Carolina uh, is you know is entirely different than this the test in South Carolina. It's really? still based on mechanical theory and and you know, heat transfer and all the stuff that goes into mechanical but it's not a, it's not a uniform test. It's the craziest damn thing ever, but that's a tax grab to me because they just want you to t- test locally where you have to pay that, uh, pay that fee, but uh, you know, whatever, that's fine. If you know the material, you know, the material, but it's uh, it just seems like there's a smarter way to do that. But <laughs> anyway, um, back to, you know, I defer back to Washington DC on that topic. Um, yeah. So, Um, what, what's on your horizon for the fall, man? You, you know, we talked about here it is, what, uh, September 6th. And, um, I'm assuming the weather is getting really nice up there where you are and getting ready for the fall. So what, what's up coming? You, are you on a big job right now or what are you, are you doing tenant up at work or what are you doing?
2: I've, uh, I actually just transitioned to a new company a few weeks back and, It does uh, it does a bit smaller, uh, smaller sample size jobs, but it keeps me nice. It keeps me local, local Uh to London, which is really important to me because my other company, I was traveling a bit and it kind of limited my opportunities to do some of the things outside of work with volunteerism that I, that I appreciate doing. Gotcha. Uh, So this kind of opens that door back, back for me, especially with the school you're just starting back up. Uh, I can, I can jump to a lot of these uh, programs right now and, and, you know, there, there's so many organizations that want real tradespeople. Like, up here, we have we have the government. The government constantly speaks to the benefit of trades. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got a bunch of suits there that haven't had their hands dirty before talking about trades. Right. And there's a bit of a disconnect. So a lot of these organizations really enjoy having tradespeople that are passionate coming out and speaking. So I think that's what I'm going to try to attempt to do this fall quite a bit is get out to as many, as many uh, opportunities as possible and, and speak to the trades.
0: Well, I would think that there would be ways to do that, you know, whether it be scouts or there, there's got to be people looking for, to, to your point, you know, you got big, ugly hands like these. You don't get those uh, on a keyboard. Mostly you get those from, you know, life. You got the scar tissue on your hands to validate, you know, your years in the in the trade and, you yeah, know, just, I mean, we're the same way. I think if, if you go to a doctor, I mean, I want a doctor that she's been through the trenches or he's been through the trenches of having with scar tissue. I don't, I don't want somebody who is a, uh, strictly an educator to say, Oh, I think I'll crack open your, you know, gallbladder and have a look at it. Or you want somebody who's been in there and have, uh, you know, kind of seen the gallbladder from the inside out, so to speak.
2: Well, we're really fortunate up here in, in Ontario. We have a minister of labor in place who has completely revolutionized uh, the entire skill trade experience. Our, our previous governments prior to the conservative government that we have in place now really messed up apprenticeships. Uh, just from the number of journeymen to tradespeople that you could carry, uh, the education, the, the fees associated with being an apprentice, um, it, it really made it really made hard for, for people to want to get into trades, but our minister right now, his name is Monty McNon and he's done a phenomenal job uh, fixing a lot of the mistakes that, that have been out there for so long, and he's making it easier and easier, and he's put so much of an emphasis, like this entire government has put this, this emphasis on recruiting tradespeople, to connecting with tradespeople, and being more accessible. And that's all, all that's ever done since the moment they started was uh, inspired us tradespeople people to get involved, too, because it, we finally have a government that cares about us and cares about our voice and cares about um, how we how we view it through our lens. So I can't I can't say enough good things about our conservative government up here that and, and our minister that have, have the work they put into this.
0: Love hearing that it's um you know, to your point, when, when you feel like people are listening and people are speaking the right message that you're trying to, and I'm not talking about just going along to get along, but people who are actually doing good work for the right reason, it's easy to get behind that, you know, it, yep. it's easy as a tradesperson. person. You know, we celebrated Labor Day yesterday. What a cool day to think about all the work, you know, the uh, I don't know why, but I had ironworkers on my mind yesterday and, you know, I I look at these high rise buildings and I was watching a thing on a a documentary on Discovery Channel and they were showing this incredible piece of iron. It weighed like 90 tons that they were installing into a building for a cantilever and the amount of ironwork that went into that and then securing this iron into the structure. I mean, it's just phenomenal and then, uh, so maybe that's why I was thinking about ironworkers, but people who who make, you know, shit happen is what I would say. I didn't say the full word there. The, the GSD people, getting it done people, um, it, it's really, it's just fun to watch, you know. It's fun to watch people that are passionate about what they do, do things. I think a year ago, maybe, I don't know, maybe six months ago. I I quoted somebody on this podcast and I can't remember who the lady was, but she basically was in front of Congress saying our Congress that, you know, you look around the building and you realize suddenly that we have to have people to keep all this going, you know, the plumbing, the air conditioning, the lights, the fire suppression, the air, you know, all of that stuff require people and, you know, it, it basically and, and I'll I'll kind of summarize what she said is that one day we're going to realize that it takes real people to do that and we're not replenishing those people. And it was I mean, it fell on deaf ears because she was talking to those suits you're talking about and in, in, in office. But what a great message, you know, somebody has to do all that, you know, and I've said it before, you look behind Tyler uh you see that plate glass window, you you can't just run over there and open it. You know, that building is like an inferno once that Dallas sun gets up and gets going. <laughs> Somebody has to be able to manage that air and the temperature. And it, it's those little things that that I hope that the the folks you are talking to, uh Nick, are able to to internalize and and you know further promote as they go through their career. Well, Nick, I'm really, I don't know how to tell you this, but I respect you more after this conversation today because I feel like that I've learned so much more about what you're doing at a local level from a personal give back. So thank you for doing that. Uh, I know it's important. Um, Probably not enough people say thank you for the effort, but uh, thank you. You're making the difference up there for sure.
2: I appreciate that, Greg. It's, uh, It's always nice to hear those kind of things. Well,
0: you know, as somebody who who tries to to walk the talk, you know, I appreciate uh, the fact that it's not easy. You're making a living. You're in a truck. You're you know, giving back. You got a family, but yet you still are making time to to forward the the trades and forward the careers of of young folks. And and uh, you know, you made a good point a while ago of uh, second career people. You know. Um, I'm trying to convert Tyler. I think he'd make a great plumb <laughs> He'd make a great plumbing apprentice. But so far, I haven't haven't been there, uh, been able to shake him loose. But we'll keep working on him.
2: But yeah, stay persistent.
0: So Nick, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate what you're doing up there. Um, we're having a having a ball trying to educate the the folks as we go. I don't think we'll ever get through, but the more the merrier. Uh, so we'll just keep digging and uh, keep sharing that message. But thank you. Thank you for taking time, Tyler. Thank you for uh, adjusting to my lack of ability to pre-plan and uh, making this happen today.
1: Always here for you, Greg. Always here for you. Appreciate that. Absolutely. And thanks, and Absolutely. thanks for us
2: having me on today. It's, a, it's, it's always a pleasure getting to speak to different people about trades and, and sharing sharing the common interest uh, of strengthening the future for our for our workforce. I, I really appreciate being on today.
0: Indeed. Well keep us in mind when you make it big.
2: <laughs> I will for
1: sure. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Nick Toontus joining us here on the podcast today. Nick, thanks again for joining us, man. Thanks, Wallace. Absolutely. Another episode in the books. Greg, we always uh we battle through uh technical difficulties, through scheduling mishaps. You know, you just can't slow down the straight out of Crumpton podcast, no matter what you throw at it.
0: Well, you know. That's just kind of life, Tyler. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> stuff true. happens. You, it, it, and I quoted uh, Clint Eastwood in Heartbreak Ridge earlier before we hit record. It's adapt, adjust and overcome. And it's just like you do in your daily life. When, when things come at you that you're not planned for, you adjust. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, as I said, I screwed up your schedule this morning. Uh, so you handled it as a true professional you are. And $100 bill to you is in the mail. So uh, <laughs> life, life is good, buddy. Thank you.
1: Of course. Of course. Well, guys, thank you again for being here and uh, for checking out this episode. For more, you can always visit Straight out of Crumpton. Uh, you can hear more episodes of Straight Outta Crumpton by visiting gregcrumpton.com or by searching Straight out of Crumpton on Apple or Spotify. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes, new awesome people to talk to in the very near future. But for this one, for Nick Test and Greg Crumpton, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you next time.